Well, it feels like the college football season is starting to get closer, and that's because college football preview magazines are starting to come out. And I mentioned this many times on the show, but my favorite preview magazine is Athlon Sports, and I'm not just blowing smoke. It is. I mentioned it many times on the show. I love the hard copy. Maybe I'm old school like that as a millennial, but I love the hard copy. And let's say hello to Braden Gall, Athlon Sports, also the Cover 2 podcast. Must listen. He's joining us on Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com, your independent Big 12 digital media outlet. I'm Pete Mundo. And guys, as we hit that summer heat, don't forget, leave us a rating, review, subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and please leave us that rating and review, five stars preferably, and we'll send you a free Heartland College Sports koozie. Keep those beers cold all summer long. Just send me a screenshot of your rating and review to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com. We'll get the koozie in the mail. It helps us out a lot, um, and I'd be very grateful if you did that. Thanks so much, guys. Braden, weird times. We all know what's going on here. So how strange has the last few weeks been in terms of putting together this massive preview for 2020? Uh, weeks. I mean, we, we get started in November, so it's been a long, long six months. And uh, as someone who's been taking care of his two and three year old since a uh, tornado hit our city in Nashville on March 2nd, uh, I can tell you it's been very long uh, and very difficult. But that's, you know, there's a lot of people going through a lot of things. And I think giving some people some fun content to read about, some hope, and hey, maybe we're going to have a football season like normal. It's, I mean, well, take that back. It won't be normal. Uh, but there may be a football season. And, and uh, it certainly was a, a, a different challenge this year to put the book together. Uh, and I'm like you. I order actual books. I go to my local bookshop. I buy, I like to read on paper. It, I, you know, I, I know that makes me a dinosaur. I get it. Um, <laughs> but uh, I, my magazine's already all marked up, highlighters and pens and circles and arrows and exclamation points and all kinds of stuff. And um, that's just part of the fun of having the book and um, take it with you on a beach trip to the pool, whatever. Um, I'm, I'm, it was definitely unique putting it together this year without – a lot of information from strength, spring practice, but all these coaches are little feudal dictators anyway, and they don't really give you a whole lot of information during spring practice anyway. So uh, <laughs> we so still true. we we still think we still think it's a a pretty good educated guess of what we think the season is going to look like. So let's talk about the Big Twelve. You guys had your um, Athlon Sports Cover Two podcast uh, talking about the Big Twelve this week, so it's top of your mind. Let's start with this, Braden. Make the case against Oklahoma winning the Big Twelve again this year. Uh, just. And it's funny, like, we, we actually had that conversation on the podcast because, again, they're the overwhelming favorite to win it, whatever it is, like 37 straight times. <laughs> and, um, and and I think what's interesting is you, you, you could probably make the case. Like, number one, you just don't have an established superstar at quarterback, right? Like, mm-hmm. it doesn't mean that Spencer Rattler's not going to be great, but, like, he's just not proven, whereas Jalen Hurts was proven. You know, Kyler Murray, the talent was there. Baker Mayfield, of course, was was exceptional at, at Texas Tech, even as a walk-on freshman. So there's just not as much proven there from the quarterback. You know, great center, maybe the best in the country. The rest of the O-line needs to be rebuilt. You lose C.D. Lamb. You don't have the same skill weapons, although, you know, some of those guys are still going to develop into stars. Uh, at the same time, you also have three very high-level challengers for the first time that don't feel as far behind. I, I think Iowa State, Texas, and Oklahoma State – we have all of them in the top 20. So the, the gap between Oklahoma and not just one team or two teams, but three other teams, and, and that doesn't include Baylor, for example, uh, who also could be pretty salty this year. It, it's just on any given Saturday in this league, you can slip up because Texas Tech is probably the ninth best team in the league. West Virginia might be eighth, and, and either one of those two teams could beat you. And so 
It, there's not a bad team outside of Kansas. There's nine decent teams. So that makes the, the path more difficult. They've also slipped up every year, at least once in the league. And to suggest that they don't slip up twice this year because they have a freshman quarterback who's never played before uh, in a league where that, that around Oklahoma, people are getting better. And so I think that's the argument. Uh, I would still pick Oklahoma to make the Big 12 title game. But, mm-hmm. you know, three, seven, and two teams at, at tied for first place is not out of the question. We could see something like a, I think it was what was it 08 with with Crabtree and and Texas and Oklahoma all tied and, and so the BCS had to give Oklahoma the nod. So I, I would not be surprised if you had you know a, a really tight race at the top. Again, smart money's on Oklahoma, but there is a case to be made against them. I wouldn't you know Texas and Oklahoma State in the Big 12 title game is not all that far fetched. Which of those three that you mentioned, Iowa State, Texas, Oklahoma State? Uh, who do you think is set up to to have the best chance to upend the Sooners? Man, uh, ask me any given hour of the day, and I'll probably have a different answer. <laughs> um, I, personally, I am a huge fan of the work that Matt Campbell has done, and I think they've got a superstar quarterback. In fact, little plug here, go back and check out a podcast I did a couple of, I think two weeks ago, where I basically asked coordinators, how do you develop a quarterback during a pandemic? And I, we talked Joel Gordon, the passing game coordinator for Iowa State, about what they're doing with Brock Purdy. And, you know, they're just working on fundamentals with him because he's so good in the improv outside of the pocket doing what he does that they actually just need to finely tune sort of the stuff when you do have a clean pocket. They've got to rebuild the offensive line. They've got great tight ends. They've got a, a heck of a running back in Brees Hall. Their defense, if Eisworth stays healthy on the back end, is one of the best defensive units in the Big 12. They get a tougher schedule, a lot of road games in the league on critical road games, but uh, I think Iowa State is super, super dangerous. Oklahoma State has the most coming back as far as starting talent goes. I, I, you know, there's a, the old Mike Gundy psychological hurdle against Oklahoma, which is which has turned into a thing. You, you can't if you're gonna if the entire country is gonna scream about Jim Harbaugh in Ohio State, then you've got to point to Mike Gundy in Oklahoma at this, in the same breath. Um, and but they've got so much coming back talent wise, starting eleven on both sides that it's hard to argue. They also get Texas at home late in the year. They get all the big some of the big games at home too. That's the, you know, Oklahoma State's a very easy argument. We picked them second. Uh, that, that was, I, I think it's an easiest argument to make for them. The Texas argument is the most sort of, uh, you're guessing the most, but there's also the most upside. I mean, Texas, if, I mean, they've got an elite level quarterback who's a Heisman Trophy candidate. They've got a ton of talent that's not, not going to be as injured as it was last year. Um, they, I love the upgrade on both coordinator positions. I think Chris Ash is, is going to get that defense playing well. You know, Joe Asai is a guy that's going to have a monster season. So, uh, they've got talent everywhere, elite level upside talent and a quarterback. And, and if Tom Herman can focus on the offense and, and getting that thing running in the right direction, you know, I, who would be surprised if Texas is 11 and one and wins the big 12? Like uh, no one should be surprised at that. So mm-hmm. uh, Texas has the most upside, but they're also the most difficult to pinpoint that, you know, uh, and there's questions. Uh, if Matt Campbell had Texas's roster, I, that's who I would pick. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, that's sort of the combination, but that's and then maybe that's why we ended up with Oklahoma State. Is there might just be one or two extra questions with Iowa State and and Texas, and that's probably why we ended up with the with the Pokes because they have sort of maybe the fewest questions and and a little bit easier schedule. That's quite an indictment too on Tom Herman there to say if if Matt Campbell was the coach, you'd pick the Longhorns, or is it just that big of a compliment to Campbell? That, yes, it's definitely about Campbell for me. Like, I, I think, you know, Tom Herman was a top 20-ish coach last year going into last season. He's probably still a top 25 or 30 coach, but there's definitely a question mark. And there's far more pressure at Texas, obviously, than at Iowa State. But I, don't, I just think when you look at the talent level, 
at Iowa State. And I know Brock Purdy was sort of a bigger recruit, but and you know, sure, there's a couple of Alan Lazard recruits in there sprinkled in, but largely it's about development. It's about evaluation and development. And I just like those. I mean, Gary Patterson built an entire career on that at TCU. So I, I just think I love guys that clearly are doing more with less, if that makes sense, even though that's, that sounds like a, an insult to the roster at Iowa State. It's not. It's just that they pick their guys. Bill Snyder did it at Kansas State for three decades. Like, it can be done, and Matt Campbell's clearly doing it. They have, what, three straight winning seasons in the Big 12? That's never been done in Iowa State history in the Big 12. So he's clearly accomplishing something, and the fan base is, is really underrated, I think, nationally. Jack Trice is underrated, I think, nationally. And, you know, we all know whether it's the Big 10 or the Big 12, you know, national championship hopes go to die in the state of Iowa late in the year. So I, that's now it's can they take the next step? They were clearly better than their record last year. Um, it's not an indictment of Tom Herman yet. If they fall on their face again this year and they're seven and five and it's not because of injuries, then we can start having a conversation about, well, what is Tom Herman's upside? How, where is he responsible for this? Because they were in the Big 12 championship game and have a Heisman Trophy caliber quarterback coming back with arguably the most talented star ranking roster in the league. So at some point, if you've got the best players, the best, one of the best quarterbacks, you know, the most important and powerful athletic brand in all of college football and you can't win, that that's eventually it's going to be your fault. Yeah. Braden Gall is joining us, Athlon Sports and the Cover 2 podcast. Must listen to as we get closer and closer to hopefully a normal-esque college football season. Uh, the Baylor Bears, they're the only team that's turning over a head coach, Dave Aranda, replacing Matt Rule. Uh, as you look at this, Braden, this team, no spring practice may have hurt them more than anybody else. How do you even try to figure out what this team is going to be with a lot of key defensive pieces gone and a brand new head coach and a lot of new pieces on that staff. Yeah, this is a, you know, you talk about tough to pinpoint. I think Baylor's in that category too, because, you know, I, I will say that the teams with the best culture are the teams that are going to sort of kind of come out of the pandemic better. I don't necessarily think it's about returning starters. They obviously lose a ton on defense and I trust Dave Aranda's mind schematically to get a, to do a really good job on that side of the ball. The question is sort of about leadership and CEO ability and sort of running a program where Matt Rule, his demeanor and his attitude was so different than Dave Aranda, not necessarily in a good or bad way. They're just very different. And Aranda is more analytical. He's far more cerebral as far as just schematic defense-oriented guy, and that's what he did. Um, the good news is he, he hired Larry Fedora, who I think is a much better coordinator than he is a head coach. And you've got a senior quarterback who I think is one of the more underrated players in the country at his position. He's started a boatload of games. They went from one and 11 to one overtime away from the playoff because Charlie Brewer leads the way. And, you know, I know they won a lot of close games, but um, you know, if if their offensive line develops a little bit and they can protect that guy, Baylor could be super dangerous, but you're also going, all right, well, where's all the defensive talent? They're all gone. uh, They've all moved on. And you've got an entirely new coaching structure and, and, and identity. So um, there's a lot of questions there as well. So I, I, there's a lot to like about this team, uh, but there's also a lot of questions. And I think that's why, you know, we put them at five in the league ahead of TCU, ahead of West Virginia, ahead of Kansas state, even who had built some nice culture last year. And that's sort of a, a hat tip to their talent and to Dave Aranda and Larry Fedora. But at the same time, you, you can't go back to 11-1 and one with those kind of losses and a new coach. Mm-hmm. Uh, Braden, as you look at the four second-year head coaches in this league, um, if you go down the list, you got Les Miles at KU, Kleiman at K-State, Matt Wells at Texas Tech, and Neil Brown at West Virginia. Of those four, which one are you most intrigued by in terms of what can happen in year two? Oh, year two, it's probably... 
Chris Kleeman just because they accomplished the most in year one. They've got a, a returning quarterback that, that I think is going to take a lot of the load on his shoulders. Um, in Skylar Thompson, they don't have a lot returning around him, but I think they've, they've sort of quickly established, you know, we're, we're going to do everything the right way, fundamentally sound, you know, all the cliches about a guy who won championships at the lower level and Chris Kleeman. So I think that year two, who's the best team, it's probably him. If you're talking about growth, uh, I would probably lean towards Neil Brown at West Virginia. Uh, they've got some nice pieces on defense. You know, I, I, they might be a significantly better team and actually have the same record because their schedule gets tougher and, and they still have to figure out some issues on the offensive line. But you could see the buy-in at the end of the year last year from West Virginia. And I've just always believed that, you know, fit can be overrated, but I don't think it's overrated in West Virginia. You have to understand the dynamics at, at that program, meaning the recruiting base, the recruiting challenges, the culture of the fans, you know, the relationship with the Big 12 is a little, you know, a little strange too. You have to sort of understand all the underlying cultural things that you have to deal with at West Virginia. And, that, and some of that's not bad. Some of it's good. And, and he fits that perfectly. He and his staff just fit what Morgantown's all about, what West Virginia football is all about. They know they're going to have to go recruit down in the South the way he did at Troy. So I just, I just think that's a great fit. And so I'm really interested in what Neil Brown's going to do at, uh, at West Virginia. It doesn't mean I don't, you know, Matt Wells' staff is super creative on offense. They're going to be, they're going to be a ton of fun to watch if Allen Bowman stays healthy. If not, they're going to struggle. I love Thompson, the running back, the freshman last year. It was sort of weird to watch them line up and run between the tackles around the goal line, and, and you know, and in short and third and short. But that was fun because I love to, to Derek Thompson. is just a fun player to watch. So I think there's a lot to like. And, of course, I don't even mention the guy who has a national championship ring uh, in Les Miles, who is musty television, mostly for just what he's going to do on the sideline. I, I don't yeah. think Kansas is very good, but – you know, having your kicker fake injuries is always entertaining. <laughs> Brayden Gall, Athlon Sports Cover 2 Podcast is joining us. Team we haven't touched on is, uh, is TCU, Brayden. I mean, Gary Patterson, I think, is best head coach in the conference. But the last three of the past four years, six and seven, then 11 and three, then seven and six and five and seven. And it's mostly been because of an offense that just can't get attacked together. Um, they've got Jerry Kill now, who's now basically the head coach of the offense, longtime friends with Gary Patterson. But for a guy that has taken TCU to a level that nobody ever expected in the power five, how much pressure should there be for Gary Patterson to have that bounce back season with Max Duggan in year two at quarterback? Yeah, pressure is, is an interesting word for sure, because I don't think it's pressure per se for him to win. I mean, he, he's, you know, you, you don't put out, you know, country songs if you, if you're feeling a lot of pressure, but I, I think there is the, the trend you're talking about, the trajectory Every year that goes by, they're just a little bit further and further away from being close to the playoff in 2014, right? And that and that's that's probably a concern. Um, to your point, that he's an excellent football coach. Defensively, they're top two in the league in yards per play almost every year, even with replacing a bunch of guys. I think the key is is Max Duggan. If if he is as good as people think he's going to be, myself included, they're going to have to run everything through him. But he's got the ability. So um, if he can take the next step on offense and Gary Patterson can sort of deliver status quo on defense, then they're going to be a really dangerous team. I think seven or eight wins is, is probably the expectation with a chance to pop up and maybe compete with the big boys. And so, you know, you love Gary Patterson. I, I, you know, I'm not going to say he's the best coach in the league today. Um, I think his, he's had the best career probably of any mm -hmm. coach in the league. But, but, but right now, I don't, you know, if you told me I could hire Lincoln Riley or Gary Patterson, I'm hiring, I'm hiring Lincoln Riley. And frankly, you know, I might put Matt Campbell on, and Mike Gundy on that list too. So he, he's an excellent coach, but every year that goes by, you, you pointed out the records. They get further and further from finishing 
tied for first but in second place in mm-hmm. 2014 in the Big 12. And, and that's, you know, if you're a TCU fan, that's a little bit of a concern, even though you, you always are going to love your guy, and, and, and rightly so. He's done so many things for that program. He's Braden Gall. Love the work with Athlon Sports. The Cover 2 podcast is must-listen. Braden, I, I hope we're sitting here in two and a half months. We're getting ready for kickoff, and, and things are feeling good, and really appreciate all the work you guys are doing. Thanks for joining us. Yep, absolutely, man. He's Braden Gall, Athlon Sports. Love the work that those guys do. Actually picked mine up at CVS uh, the other day. So I love the hard copy. I'm a hard copy guy, okay? Um, please, guys, take a moment out before closing out. Leave us a rating and a review. It would really, it, it helps us more than you can imagine. I, you know, you might think, oh, it's not. no, it really does help a lot. And that's why I'm sending Heartland College Sports koozies out to you. If you leave us that rating and review, uh, send me a screenshot to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com, and we will send that koozie out to you in the mail. Thanks so much, guys. Appreciate it, and we'll talk to you soon.